We're on a boat. We're on a boat. Everybody look at Parry because we're sailing on a boat. I've got to correct you there, Matthew. It's a raft. As we sail away from our island home and uh, to uh, hopefully our homeland eventually. Uh, the seas have been quite all right lately, haven't we? We got over that storm. We did. It's been quite a pleasant, sunny ride. I've been sunbathing here on our little raft. It has. Um, you know, I've been dipping the rod in the water every now and again. Dipping your, dipping your rod in the water, what? Yes, Tom. My fishing rod. Get your oh. mind out of the gutter. Unfortunately, oh. I haven't actually managed to catch any fish. Um, I wondered why I was so hungry. I I I did though uh, find some some delicate little morsels in the way of Master System games. Oh gosh! Can I tempt you, I tempt you to a Sagaya? <laughs> well, That's got fish in it. Yeah. It's Tom on my attack. I, I will admit, those... without... God, oh, sorry. Oh, look at this. Just talking over each other. Go on. I was going to say, like, it's becoming quite hard to keep this narrative going as we're doing intermittent podcasts of, like, one on, one off. Like, mm. so much is happening in the time between podcasts, both in the world and in, like, the life that affects us. Yes. That it's very hard to keep track of where we were. Yes. On the raft, on the island, who knows? Absolutely. I was struggling there. But I hope those those lovely guys get back home soon. <laughs> yes, those lovely guys. Core. What a pair of chaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How great, are you doing, Tom? Great guys. You right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fine, thank you, Matthew. I've um of course we've got a lot to talk about this time because since we last we podcasted there were some big announcements. Not only were we had a nice surprise announcement from Sega, but we also got the PS5 reveal, uh, which yes. you know, there's plenty to talk about there. Other than that, I've been playing quite a few games in our uh, time off air. Yes. So if we get time, I'll talk about them. But I imagine the the biggest subjects will take up uh, quite a lot. The majority of, of this right podcast, perhaps. Should we should we start where we finished last time? The Sega announcement. The Sega announcement. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves with the PS5. That can wait because this is far more important. Than <laughs> exactly. This. It's definitely uh, on the level, at least on the level uh, of importance. As the yes. PS5. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sega Game Gear Mini. Is that but, the but that's title? not it. That's, that's not the exciting bit, Matthew. Forget we oh, even no, that, mentioned no. that. What? Oh, the bit we got right, you mean? The bit that yeah. we predicted. So yeah. Gata Sanshiro is back from the he dead. Is. Though he did get punched into Saturn, which I, I thought was... Very apt. Quite fitting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this this was exciting. I think the, uh, him and his son, let's say, have been using uh, his son character uh, recently for their 60th yes. anniversary. They were on the cover of uh, Famitsu magazine, is that right? Yes, they were. And yeah. uh, I thought it was very cool to see that sort of very retro throwback. I must say, Sagatha Tanshiro looks very uh, good for his age. Yes, he does. He has fantastic hair. Uh, he he looked very youthful 
he's aged gracefully. He's clearly led a good life off of the back of those Sega commercials. Yeah, yeah. So with it, <laughs> absolutely. So within the, the Sega fandom, this is a big deal. I, I, but outside of that, in the greater games world, I don't think many people <laughs> care too much about Sagata no. Sanshiro re- reappearing. Which is a shame because you know That's a big deal. <laughs> I dare I say, Tom Parry, I've kept off social media as we discussed last time on the podcast. Yeah, and I. I had gone back onto the, onto the world of Twitter after us doing this and just seen people being at fever pitch about the idea of Sega-branded Xbox consoles. An oh man, the disappointment when a lot of them didn't, like I did, naively, just now, go, oh God, is it only the Sega, the Sega Game Gear Mini for the 60th anniversary? Oh my God, who can play this? I've got man-sized hands. Wow. I was just like, hmm. oh, I thought the Sega Shiro commercial was actually really good. Yeah, it's quite epic. and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. God, we totally buzzed for the Game Gear Mini. And then sort yes. of like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get one. <laughs> well, maybe one. Maybe I'll get the one with Sonic Math System on it. Um, otherwise, I think one is nearly entirely RPGs. Yes, which will be... And, and a Puyo, and a Puyo, Puyo uh, title, but... Snuck in there, yeah, for the casual yeah. people who want the good Poyo Poyo game on the game. Uh, I think that's, and there's one that's, um, oh, is that the, yeah, the RPGs are the, all the um, Shining games, are they? Or, uh, yes, I might have to cross reference has... this, yeah. <laughs> there's ones with La- Last Bible, which is a, a Shin Megami Tensei spin off by Atlas, which mm. is also on the Game Boy, but I imagine the Game Gear one is what it's developed for. I imagine that's probably mm. the version to get. I, I think also Magical Knight Rayearth is on one of them. It should be on the I'm red one, sure. I guess, because there was a uh, limited Magical edition. Magical Knight Rayearth one, yeah, yeah. Red one. But the uh, Shining games are on the yellow one, which, for my money, is the best-looking game gear. It's the one I have personally. And, I'm, yeah. you know, and that wasn't an easy thing to get hold of, and it wasn't cheap, <laughs> the yellow game gear. No. So I do feel that's a very special thing to me. And if I was going to have one of these based purely on the looks, I'd want the yellow one. However, yeah, I don't want to play the games that are on the yellow one. I don't want to play Puyo Puyo on a screen that tiny either. No. That, no. That'd well, be a you can get the magnifier thing, which oh, is like yes, twice as big as the console. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is, just defies the point of it. Yeah. Because it is a quite a small thing that's going to kind of fit in a key ring, isn't it? It's smaller than yeah. the Game Boy Micro. Oh, absolutely. It, it is yeah. definitely smaller than the Game Boy Micro. The screen's mm-hmm. about half the size, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding how easy it is to play a game on it. How easy it is to I control the game and how easy it is to see the game. Yeah? I think it's a nifty thing to just go like, hey, look, I've got yeah, game gear on my key It's ring. not really for playing the games on, is it? It's not no, built nice. to it'd effectively nice play the games, but it's a nice little trinket, and it's not it doesn't cost the earth either. And it's still about I guess, thirty quid, though. Yeah, yeah, it's quite small. To be clear, probably... it isn't cheap. True, true, it isn't cheap, but it isn't. I think thirty quid. I don't know for what it is as a collectible. It's it's not too too bad. I don't know. For I thought small it was a bit it expensive. Is. I think it, the screen looks good on it. At least, I mean the fact that it's got a fun—it's a functional game gear. It's a functional games console. Is. Is that small is that the smallest games console ever made? Mm, 
Maybe. Because the Pokemon Mini, they always said, was, oh, that was the smallest, maybe at least the smallest Nintendo console. But was it the smallest console ever? Well, I mean, like, let's be honest here. If we're comparing... Yes, it can run games, but it doesn't have interchangeable cartridges. It doesn't have anything. Uh, Yes, and the Pokemon Mini did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, I mean, Tamagotchis have existed, which are also that small. Like, I have a Game Boy Watch on which I can play a very primitive racing game. Well, like. absolutely. And I mean, there's obviously the Dreamcast VMU and the PlayStation Pocket Station. and Yeah. It's a bit of a grey area, I suppose. But it nonetheless, is. it's quite impressive what Sega managed to do. That screen looks sharp, but probably because it's so tiny. Because I always thought the Game Boy um, yeah. Advance, Game Boy Micro, wasn't called the Advance Micro, was it just Game Boy Micro? No, it's just called the Micro. So, the games always look really good on that, and I think that was a lot yes. of it down to how small the screen was. But um, I, I'm kind of excited by it, but um, like I think the majority of people, not bowled over. But it's fun. Should it's I fun. Ha- I think people expected too much, but then it was built up yeah, they did. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on par with PS5 launch, got people's <laughs> imaginations running wild, which is quite funny in hindsight, but it, never mind. It got our I think we were, I think we were pretty realistic. Uh, Saturn I Mini. Think Saturn Mini we is not close. that far off a Game Gear Mini. <laughs> we also said Sega Strange Row was going to come back. Yes, that it, happened. It happened. If only he was holding a Saturn Mini and not the um, Game Gear because I think that features yeah. prominently on the front cover of that Famitsu, doesn't it? They're both there, father and son, yeah. with the Game Gear Mini uh, front and central. So, front yeah. and center, front and central, front and center, right. front and central is the name of this podcast, though. Thank front you for making central. that easy. Um, yeah. Oh well, that, it is what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. That's that. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it is a momentous occasion for Sega, and it's cool they've done something like that. They didn't have to do a. A Game Gear Mini. No, it's true. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun way to celebrate 60 years of a very important and I think, very I think they also developer-publisher, console they manufacturer. Nintendo to the post as well, because there isn't a Game Boy Mini yet. So Yeah, yeah, they've done that. Always pipping Nintendo to the post, Sega. Mm-hmm, that's how it goes. <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo, Tom. <laughs> Absolutely. Still true, and the 60th anniversary. But uh, what about the PlayStation? Uh, the third place. <laughs> oh, the third place, yeah. Well, PlayStation 5. Um, the fifth place. It, the, the the console that is the size of a small child. Uh, let's talk about it. Oh, is it that big? I don't know how big it is. It's no 15 idea. inches, Tom. <laughs> it's like, 50. It's, it's longer than the Xbox One. Oh, the is original it really? Version. How's that yes. going to fit in your, um, oh, what's they called? Kallax. <laughs> It's not going to fit in a Kallax because the Xbox One doesn't fit in a Kallax, at least the first model. I mean, uh, if you put it at a day, at an angle, I'm sure you could fit. Oh in yeah, there. yeah. You have to, you have to go on top of things, won't you? I've got no room for it. Um, I fortunately, I have a, ba- I have a quite a large, uh, rustic-looking uh, TV stand, as you've seen, yeah. and the the slots on there, the, there are two of them. And they are meant clearly to fit like a VCR, so I I should have enough room. Yeah, it will be so definitely odds with your issue. stylistic choice of such a rustic TV cabinet, because this is incredibly yes, modern and futuristic looking. Yes, it looks like something either like the jokes being it looks like something either produced by Aperture Science or a router no. company would make. Certainly, or, like... or a, um, a vent- ventilator. 
Ventilators? Yeah. No, no, ventilators are what you help you breathe, aren't they? Yes. Yes, as we should know uh, with the COVID. Um, what, what's yeah, it exactly, called? Uh, ex- extractor fan or a... I've seen some images of the... Oh, God, I've got myself in the right. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, what are they called? Like, um... Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, okay, so it looks <laughs> um, sort of like a black thing wrapped in a white coat. Oh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what, no, no, what the PlayStation 5 looks like, isn't it? Um, and... Yes. I thought about it afterwards, very in keeping with the PlayStation VR. Yeah. So they designed there's, ahead. There's they knew basically what direction they were going to go in when they designed the VR, or did they design it around what they decided the VR would look like? This is the VR will work with it, I presume, because they look so I similar. So. I assume that they designed the VR, and whoever was the lead on that on the the shell of that was probably also involved in PlayStation 5, and then that design style followed over. Absolutely. Be yeah, because really the VR was the stopgap between the PS4 and the PS5. It's yeah. in addition to the PS4 in the same way, say, a 32X or Mega CD was to the uh, Mega Drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I, there there are two versions of it. We should get yeah. into this. Yes, thing. yeah. Sega, for those of you who don't know, for, uh, I doubt it because you listen to this podcast, but Sega, Sega, uh, pl- <laughs> Sony held a press conference uh, last Thursday, so that would have been on the, the uh, 11th of June um, 2020. And they showed off the PS5 and doing the complete polar opposite of what Microsoft did. They showed a lot of gameplay, a lot of things in action. Amongst them was a new Ratchet and Clank, a new standalone Spider-Man game, which apparently now has been reported to be around the length of Uncharted Lost Legacy, so a smaller Spider-Man adventure style uh, called Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, They showed off a whole wealth of things, a new Gran Turismo game, which unsurprising to me was there because it's a Gran Turismo game. I don't it's going to come out for seven years, but it was there. It looked a lot um, like sport, to be honest. And I wonder if it won't be so much of a step up from sport. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about this when you were playing sport, right? That there's not been a big, chunky, named and numbered Gran Turismo game on this system. So no. it would make sense that it would appear on the PS5. So that doesn't surprise me too much. Um, what else did they show? What else? Uh, Resident no Evil imagination. 8. Resident Evil 8 Village. Yeah, that looked interesting. It looks like it's set in like Scotland or something. Well, no, it looks to me like a Resident Evil 4. Same setting. Yeah, Eastern European. Uh, that's no. what... It, People people wearing flat caps and tweed, Tom. It's clearly Why UK. not? Why, why can't it be like... Poland or something. I don't know. I can't remember. Because it's what... werewolves and like lots of stuff I, I tend to associate with horror in the UK. I don't know. I, I do. Be... I I think it'll be UK. I think this I is think a direct in tie-in to Resident Evil 4. I think there'll be themes in this which were in 4 and I think it will feel very much like that game. Because it's called Village. When I think of Resident Evil 4, I think of the beginning of it and I think of the village. And I think of some of those farmers with flat caps and pitchforks do they have flat caps? Mm. I can't remember. Maybe they I don't wearing think hats. they do, Tom. I don't think they are. I think they're wearing hats that are 
very different. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've played Resident Evil. I wonder why this is maybe timed to coincide with a remake of 4 and there'll be story elements that carry over into 8 from 4. How about that? Yeah, That's my theory for you. Uh, let's see. I mean, but 4 doesn't have anything to do with Chris Redfield and this is supposedly the the final chapter in the epic Chris Redfield saga I thought it that was everyone talks sort about. Sort of the final... I I took that final chapter of what's his name Ethan, but maybe not. No, Ethan. I'm not familiar with the character. I'm assuming he's the protagonist of Resident Evil Seven. I have no idea. You played Resi Seven. I I've haven't. played an hour of Resident Evil Seven. Not enough to remember. Really. Okay. Yeah, maybe he is. I don't know. But Chris is in that trailer, so I I think it's more about Chris Redfield. Um, fringy right, I'm Chris Redfield's got a here. fringe. Um, oh god, what was the name of the game of the cat? The stray, cat was the stray, one. Stray, Stray. Stray had my interest, even though that's going to be on different consoles. Apparently, there's a Steam page up for Stray. Mm, I think a lot I, of these I, will be on different consoles as well, though, won't they? I got a vibe of um, what were those games put out by Mike Bethel? Um, Thomas after... is the one. <laughs> No, no, he did a series of games with robots on the Switch oh, that are... Yeah, okay. You, you, that subspace are, Circular? Yes, those games. Yes. Uh, th- it kind of gave me vibes of that, but then with a realistic cat on top of it, and you get to play as the cat from what it looks yeah. like, so that looks kind of interesting. Um, I mean, they're remaking Demon Souls, that looks kind of cool. I've never played the first Horizon, though the second one clearly looks great. Yeah. Um, Moving to America, I think, aren't they? Seems that uh, way. Yeah. Fr- Horizon Frontier West or something? Yeah. I could be uh, wrong. Jet the Far Shore is a game by um, the Bitmap Brothers, people who did the Sword and Sorcery EP with Cappy Barrow. We were talking about them like the other week. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I'll, I'll go it wrong. Can I just uh, interject here? Uh, Forbidden West, it's called. There you go. Forbidden West. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, there was some stuff like Bug Stacks, the new game oh. by uh, Octodad Studios. Yes, uh, I like the music. Wild Horses. Kiro Kiro Benito cool. did the music for that. Um, Who's that? Kiro Kiro Benito, a London band. They sound oh, okay. very Japanese pop sort of thing. Okay. Uh, bug Snacks, talking about Bug Snacks. Yeah, it's yeah. quite upbeat and they look quite silly. I mean, it clearly was probably would run on a PS4 and probably will be on other things. Yeah, yeah. But Some of these will appear on PS4, won't they? Yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure they will. I mean, I I would be surprised. Oddworld Soulstorm looked amazing, but yeah. like, I could also see that running on it's PS4. It's going to be on everything, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, the games for me that stood out that clearly showed a lot of interesting things, like Little Devil Inside looked cool as well, like looked a bit Zelda-y, looked a bit meets Monster Hunter with a cool chibi art style. Hmm. It was the one where the, the guy was running around and then he would cut to like a Victorian man having a bath. It looked it looked kind of strange. I thought there was some very inventive, creative things uh, in their presentation. It felt yeah. like a, the good kind of E3. If, if you were judging E3 presentations, then Sony, yeah, they pulled out a good one there. Microsoft has been staggered, hasn't it? They, they announced the look of the console in a short video and then they did these uh, gameplay thing, which wasn't gameplay, and nothing yeah. in it was particularly 
exciting. There was something survival horror, wasn't there? Uh, the yeah. Laser Fear de- developers working with the Silent Hill composer on, yeah. on something. Yeah, but I think Sony's video... Microsoft need to step up now to this because this was impressive in my book. I, I think, think so. Good I mean, seeing Ratchet and Clank run, I, I never thought I'd be like, wow, Ratchet and Clank. But like mm-hmm. some of that stuff with them admittedly a bit Rick and Morty-esque of them jumping through a portal and then like yeah. being somewhere else. That's showing how good the really loading cool. is, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, you can just jump like, from one thing to the other. Without from loading. one thing to another and it'd be a completely different world. Seems like it would be really cool for gameplay. Yeah. Um, That project, Althea, was it? The Square Enix like demo with like the monsters and the the lady with magical powers. Well, there's Spaceman. And was that no? That wasn't the Spaceman one, was it? No, that wasn't the Spaceman one. That was that. That was everyone that I was chatting to at the time. It's like, oh my god, this is a Kojima. Yeah, game. look, Kojima. I thought Kojima. As soon as I saw a guy in a spacesuit, I was thinking of their uh, mascot, but it wasn't quite oh. that, was it? Was that? I can't remember the name of that. Was that Ghostwire? No, no, that's a different game. I think it began with A. <laughs> that's all I remember. I think it began. Oh no, it was Pragmata, right? Oh, didn't, didn't begin with A then. <laughs> no, I I can't remember. I'm just looking at the list of notes I have here because I actually made notes. Okay, um, yeah. Pragmata. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's Returnal. Look, yeah, Returnal looked good until I saw the name of it, and I was like, oh boy. Oh yeah, that kind of was that the one that sort of looked like Time Splitters? No. Yes. Was that actually? No, I don't know if it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm just going to double check. See, I made notes, but then it. It was the one um, housemark game with the lady oh, in space. That was, was not the one stuff. that looked like Time Splitters support uh, at all. Oh wow, the sound! Oh no, sorry, that's wrong. It's also an album by someone. <laughs> one O Tricks Point Never has done an album called that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's related to the game. I'm not sure. Death Loop also looked cool. The art. It was game. death. It was was it Death yeah. Loop? That to me. I thought looked very time splitters. Okay, I could see where you're going with that. Like, I did like the visual style a lot of like the trailer and yeah. the. Well, let's not say very time, a bit time splitters. I heard, I don't know if it was in the press conference, uh, 13 is being remade. The first really? person shooter, yeah. Oh, okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I missed that if it was in the in the video. Maybe it wasn't. It wasn't no. in the video, no, okay. so maybe it just came out afterwards. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. But all in all, pretty impressive. Some cool looking stuff that I'm like, okay, let's see what this is. And then it ended with them revealing the console. And as we said, do you like it? Are you are you a fan? Do you know what my initial reaction was? What? Because mm. I thought the first thing you see of it is those pointy little like ears. A little antennas, just yeah. the way that uh, white um, sort of sheet wraps around the, uh, the the body of the console, and it kind of, yeah, makes it like little ears. And I thought, yeah. what's that? I'm gonna show I'm gonna show you an image, Tom. I sorry for podcast listeners because this isn't gonna play at home, but this is yeah. what I thought, and then someone made the meme immediately. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Kyber? Ka- That's Kyber from, from Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it it yes, looks I like someone wearing a black yeah. shirt under a trench coat. Um, yes, yes, big, big I, high collar, did... white coat. Yeah, it's like a V shape, 
but with like these little white ears, like you say. This is a, this is an I art was... describing what it looks like on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, I wasn't a fan of it initially. When no, I, I wasn't saw initially. It, I was just no. like, the disk drive looks like it's tacked on because there's yeah. two versions. It's a digital like it one shouldn't be the there. So like, it's not part yeah. of the design. The design was as is without the disk drive. And like, can we have a disk drive on it? Mm, yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. It's just like we're not there quite yet. Our market research tells us that people still want physical media. Uh and I saw I saw people like limited run going like clearly the one with the disk drive and I'm like, yeah, I bet you're hoping <laughs> that people no. buy the one with the disk drive. Um th- I don't know. Then I saw it lying down. Then I then I saw it in the position I will probably have it. I won't have it stacked like a tower. Yeah. And I was like, okay, actually, it doesn't look too bad when well, it's on its side. I didn't think it looked like it could lie down until I actually saw an image. You, you Me posted. too. Um, yeah, it looked like, how does this lie down? Because it's curved. and it's like, oh, Yeah, no, exactly. It's just... and like, especially the disk drive one. It's like, how the hell would you lie that down? Surely with the way that console's mm. like shaped and the curviness of it, it would yeah. just wobble. But no, I tell you I what, it's a lot like... more interesting than the Xbox Series X. Yes, it is. The The black monolith from the start of 2001 Space Odyssey is yeah. not something I really look forward to it's having It's not an appealing-looking thing uh, at all. No. And no wonder Sega haven't put their name on it. Because <laughs> yeah. Sega but consoles t- are uniformly beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Has the Xbox... Has, has the... Whatever the Xbox S got a disk drive? It has, right? There is one without a disk drive. There's two. Okay. So I, I'm going to show you an image now, Tom, and this is, um, again, this doesn't play well on a, a thing, but this is the consoles in size and scale. And as oh, you can see, the excellent. PS... This is just what I wanted to see. The PS5 is massive. It is bigger than the launch PS3. Ah, yeah, okay. So, it is... yeah, it's the equivalent of the old PS3, the first model of PS3, uh, but it's bigger than that. Yes, a little yeah. bit a little bit longer. It seems to be about the same height Though saying that, it's seeing it next to the Xbox One X, uh, the Xbox. It is the Xbox One X, is it, or is it just? No, it's the Xbox Series X. Oh, the, the Xbox, Xbox Series One X. Series X, I think. With the stand, it doesn't look that much bigger. I'm assuming the version without the disc drive for the PS5 will actually look a lot sleeker than yeah. the Xbox. But Series this to X me because... seems very much like the original PS3 model was. We got this. First model comes out, fancy pants, very expensive, and then down the line we'll get a version that looks a little, a little bit more boring and it'll be cheaper. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Although I would say that the PS3 Slim is preferable for me. I think that's the best, one of the best looking consoles. Yeah, I, to be fair, like I don't mind the look of the PS4. I remember people going, oh God, they look so plain and boring. But like, uh, That's my thoughts look- on it. Yeah, I think it's plain and boring. It does what it needs to do. It looks like a book. Like, mm. I, don't get me wrong. I think the pro just having an extra like layer under it was like, oh, that's a bit naff. You could have done something a bit more impressive. Mm. I I was hoping actually throughout that entire press conference, the Sony were going to troll Microsoft and that the all of those shapes of the controller that they were doing and the thing would be a giant X. Road, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't to be. It was. Uh, this very smooth, almost shell-like mm. console. That's right, it's like a shell, it. yeah. Um, I'll say now, I doubt very much I'll be getting one until they make a console revision. 
I have actually been debating with myself, given the current situation, the way the world right now. If it is, if it is over five hundred pounds, I will definitely not buy one at launch. If it is, if it is closer to the four hundred mark, I probably will. But I don't mm. think that's going to be the case with the disc drive. I think if it is, it'll be the digital version, and then I'll have to have a debate with myself about whether I want to do that or not. But you're you're all for kind of cutting down physical media, aren't you, Matt? You you feel I, like that? I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, I I'm at that point now where I'm like, okay, I don't need physical media like because the switch has proven yeah. that to me yeah the switch did that to me as well i don't feel like i want anything physical on switch really unless it's something like pokemon i suppose or mario then uh you know the price difference is yeah no different anyway is it yeah so... and that's the thing like i the only times i've been buying switch games is if they've been cheaper and mm. I found that a lot with the PS4 still, is that mm. there are bargains to be had in terms of physical media. But then again, I bought a physical copy of Shenmue 1 and 2, as we'll talk about in a second, today. And mm. I'm actually thinking about it now, and I'm like, shit, would it have been cheaper if I would have bought it in the big in Japan sale back well, in Well, do you know I bought it physically recently for Xbox One for £10, brand new. Yeah. Because... Oh, mate. Wait until I wait until I tell you the bargains I had today. All oh, right, yeah, okay. We'll but that's a good example though. Shenmue One and Two actually comes with a poster, oh really? And some inner artwork, so that you Ooh. get something extra. I got a game recently called Ninja Saviors: Return of the Warriors, which is yep. the reboot of the Ninja Warriors uh, side-scrolling beat 'em up series, which I think first appeared on the PC Engine, um, and that well worth the money. Ten pounds, physical edition comes with a manual full color oh, manual wow. it also comes with stickers cool That's and a nice. poster and wow. then it's like well that is what you want from physical version exactly. i'm less inclined to buy physical versions if they come with nothing but a disc or a, or a cartridge well, the, in a box the thing is now right my issue with physical media is becoming well let's be honest if i buy a ps4 game on a disc most of that game probably isn't on the disc anyway. I, I think really in, in, in a lot of cases, nothing. It yeah. isn't reading the disc. It's not playing anything no. off the disc. The disc is there to be a CD key to say, like, how Absolutely. you bought this. Yes. yes. And it even says as much, I think, on the Xbox. It says, your disc is your proof of purchase. Please insert it to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it goes. But, yeah, let's see. I might... I might dip my toe in at launch I, i've done it for i did it with the the last one let's mm. see if the price I'm is curious right. to see the price exactly it is all dependent on price and it's also dependent on what kind of hard drive size they they put in it yeah i think I mean, the last got, thing uh, i want to have is like i get the digital one and have loads of little hard drives like hanging off it See, my issue with that is I don't think you're going to be able to do that because so many games are reliant on this idea of a solid-state hard drive that I think you're going to be hard pushed. Well, you can buy external solid-state hard drives, so. Yeah, yeah. I know. But do you really want to have them hanging off your console? No, I, well, I don't to... like it as it is. My Xbox has yeah. two hanging off it. PlayStation's got one. PlayStation 4 looks a mess because of VR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine's the same. I, I guess you'll have to plug the VR into this as well, unless they create some sort of new adapter that is a lot cleaner and requires less. 
I can't see that cables. happening. Because I think the unit. Pro doesn't require the box, does it? If you have a PS4 Pro, it doesn't require that extra box that you get normally with PSVR. I don't think so, no. I yeah, think that's the one it's built benefit in. of having So at Pro. least you won't get that. But I th- you still have to have wires, aren't you? They're, they're yeah, you are. Make, make the VR wireless. I'm also kind of. I hope that the bloody camera from the PS4 is compatible with the PS5 because I saw the new camera and I'm like, I'm not you paying know, you another fifty I quid just for another camera. That I've got is two a, PS4 ones. Yeah, me too. I think that is a stylistic choice. I think it's the same camera in a different shell, literally a shell. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Oh well, I guess we'll see. Like, it ball is in Microsoft's court now. Let's see if they come up with a price. Let's see if they come up with games. I mean. I'd heard rumours before this conference uh, on the Twitterverse of people saying, well, apparently Sony's been buying up a lot of exclusives this first oh, year have, and to make mm. that first year a big bang the same way Nintendo did with the Switch. But, I mean, Microsoft has literally acquired studios and should theoretically have exclusive games. So let's see. Mm. I, I don't think that the PS5 is necessarily going to be better than the Xbox One Series X, but I, I am curious about if it's going to load faster. I think it will. To be honest with you, I think there will be some stuff you can do on the PS5 that you won't be able to do on the Xbox One X. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll make it interesting for me. That might hold me back from getting the Xbox, even if the Xbox is the cheaper option. Yeah. This is a big deal to me, This these, these no load times. Because this is, that I think, would... the real progression in this generation is that. Yeah. I need... I need Sony to have a very extensive backwards compatibility for the PS4 because mm. I do not want to do what I had to do last gen and lose all of my previous library. No, yeah, and we've got to wait and see on that. At least with uh, Microsoft, you know, they are going out of the way to try and make this console support the previous generations. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Right, let's see. Speaking of that previous generation, Tom Parry. Oh, nice segue. I went to... I went to have a COVID test today. Um, oh, yes, then you went shopping, yes. <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to have a COVID test, not because I've I've got COVID or I suspect myself having COVID, so don't stress. Um, dear listeners, I'm fine, but I had to have one because of a trip we're going to take and I needed a negative COVID test to be able to go on that trip. So that was something I needed to get done. How was that? Um, right, so... Essentially, the process was it was drive through here in Denmark. I yeah. don't know if that's the same in the UK or anywhere I've else. Seen, in the world. I've seen that. Yes, it happens in the UK. Yeah. So we drove up. Uh, we showed our insurance cards, like our national insurance cards. They scanned those. We drove through. And then what happened was people who are in hazmat suits and with goggles yep. and face yep. masks and seen all the rest of it. Seen this on the news. Yeah. Came up to us. Uh, we remained in the car. They had a kit that was essentially like a small little plastic bag thing or a paper bag thing, and they opened it. And what came out of there was Swap. a stick and yeah. a, I got a like an oversized lollipop stick. If you've ever been to yes, like the yeah. de- uh, the doctors and they've checked your tonsils, yeah. you've seen one of these things they use. So you have to stick your tongue out, open your mouth wide. They put it on. They put the the stick on your tongue to keep your tongue down. And then and they whack they that all the way back, don't they? Yes, right yeah. to the back of your throat. Yeah. So we had two trainees, and so my wife's experience is slightly different from mine. 
with mine, the stick was put into my throat, and the the woman was like, "Well, swab it then." And so, like, he, he just kind of like poked me in the back of the throat with a stick, left it there a couple of seconds as my mouth started to go dry, and then waggled it around, which was not great. Exactly, <laughs> just properly cleaned the back of my mouth, which you know, fair play. It's been it's been like that for thirty years. You could probably do with a little bit of a, a clean up. Um, and then yeah, my wife had a, the kind of the same experience except the person didn't just like poke her in the throat and wait she just like went to town and just like as if she was scribbling over the back of her throat <laughs> with the stick and the woman was like calm down you're being a bit too enthusiastic so yeah it was it wasn't great it wasn't the most fun thing i've ever experienced no. i had to drink a lot of water and i could still feel you know like when you when you get a lollipop and you you like a magnum or something in the end and you're cleaning the chocolate off and that like woody taste that you get from the mm. lollipops. Yes. Yeah, no, I imagine what it might It's not be like, that yeah. pleasant. But like that was like, it was pasted on the back of my throat and that was all I could taste. And even though I was drinking water, it wouldn't go away. It's gone away now. Yeah. It has, fortunately. Good. Like we've, we've had a cup of tea and some coffee and stuff and it's gone, but it was there for a while. Afterwards, we were like, okay, well, we need to nip into the supermarket. Let's go and quickly run in and run out. Not my favourite place to do shopping at the moment because literally there's people getting tested who I suspect they have COVID. So, like, I, we took every precaution we did, washed our hands and whatever. However, while we were walking through the shopping mall, because businesses have started to open here again, the GameStop in this place had opened. And I thought they'd all closed. And there's a massive sign outside that said uh, 50% off everything. And I was like... And you went, okay. whoa! Go Let's go have a look. Uh, and in some cases, Tom Parry, even more was off. Uh, the one oh, game that I bought, nice. the one game I bought that was fifty percent off was uh, Damon X Machina um, for the Switch because the Switch games were just fifty percent off. Oh, that one! <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. remember what that was. <laughs> the game with the raw bits by Marvelous. You played a demo. You weren't too impressed. I played a demo. Like I wasn't bothered. Yeah. Also picked up Shemu One and Two, which was which is nice. Yep, yeah, wonderful game. Because um, I've been playing through Shenmue. Well, well I say again. wonderful game. Two wonderful games. Two wonderful games. Uh, then, though, everything for the Xbox One was at least 80% off. You mean you're actually a... going to use your Xbox One? <laughs> yes, Tom. I, I'm finally going to use my Xbox One. You're not getting and rid then of there was it, a... then. There was a a section of uh, the PS the PS two four games I should say were eighty percent sixty percent to eighty percent off depending on what it was, mm-hmm. and then there was a like the pre owned bin of like older games so like DS games and PS three and Xbox three sixty games mm-hmm. that were ninety percent off. Oh my gosh! So, Do you have a field I, day, or was there not much you could find? There wasn't that much there, to be honest. With you. I picked up Armored Core Four for the PS3 without the box, unfortunately, just the disc, but it's in nice condition for for a whole whopping nine kroner. Wow! Um, yeah. Then I I got um, <laughs> I picked a image, which is the the Sega drawing guessing game for the DS, which I've 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 heard good things about. Who's developed that? Multiple copies. Published by uh, Sega, but who? Made that? Uh, some company called um, Skoneck Entertainment. Oh, interesting. It's a, it's essentially draw f- uh, draw something. Yeah. But for the DS. So I, I've been curious to see if it's any good or not. And from what I understand, you can play the game with one cartridge. So I'll, mm, I'll give that Always that good. Was, 
that was a whopping four kroner, which is four. about 50 pence. Yeah, 50 pence. Now, Tom, I'm going to show you some games, and I want oh, you exactly. to guess how much exactly. I paid for them. About this. First we up, did. Me- we did. <laughs> Metal Gear Survive. So that Survive. says nine, 99 kroner on the front, which is about £10-ish. Um, yes. And so that was 50% off, so... so, so uh... No, that was that was 60% off. Oh, you paid about four quid for it? I did, yeah, for a brand new copy of Metal Gear Survive. A game Not that surprised with that game, about. <laughs> No. Um, Doesn't demand a high price. I, I need to peel the price stickers off this. It's giving it away if you're doing the maths. Um, <laughs> so, Xbox One games, Tom Parry. How much do you think I paid I, for Recall? I, I bet you paid four pounds for Recall. Two pound for recall. Two pound for recall. Yeah, for a brand game, new copy. Like, for a brand new copy of recall. Yeah, um, a bit of that. Yeah. Then we have a pre-owned copy of Sunset mm. Overdrive. How much oh, do you think I paid for a pre-owned oh. copy of Sunset Overdrive? Two quid. I paid. Two, I paid two kroner. Two kroner. There you go. I'm good at this, aren't I? That's about 20 pence, Tom Parry. Oh, two kroner, not 20 kroner. Right, yeah, of course. Really? Yes. And then, uh, last but not least, as you can see, I picked up the Xbox One exclusives that I've long been curious about but haven't been able to play. Hmm. How much do you think I paid for a copy, Tom Parry? Quantum Break. Of Quantum Break, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I guess that one. I bet you paid. Well, if you paid what two p for the what twenty p for the other one, yeah, then it's a fifty p. I did pay fifty pence for Quantum Break. Wow, Pick. I'm so good. I'm impressed with myself here. Yeah, so I I I got like the three Xbox exclusives that I've I've long been curious about for like <laughs> a, about three pound. Yeah, yeah. I bet you felt Which, happy with that. I, I was very happy with that. I, I thought that was very good prices. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I paid about a tenner for Shenmue. I, I paid like three, four quid for Metal Gear Survive. Um, I paid 20 for um, Demon X Machina, which it seems to be cheaper than the going rate on like Amazon and stuff. But well, I, I've long game. been curious about this game. <laughs> and yeah. as, I, as I will be in a car for 20 hours quite soon, I was like, well... I'll I'll play that on the way. Not that the switch will last twenty hours; it'll last like an hour because the battery life. But is you got not two quick. switches. We do, yeah, exactly. So we can swap. I got the new Animal Crossing one. Actually, should probably have a better battery, from what I understand. So yeah. I got those. It's all right. Yeah. So pretty happy. It was unexpected purchases, but stuff I've been curious about. Obviously, Shenmue One and Two are classic games that I would like to have at my disposal. Hopefully, be able to play them on my PS Five as well, Sony. Um and yeah, you got the I I could have it was there, but it was the same. It, I was like, well, I started already. I'm almost through Shenmue One on the PS4. I have Shenmue Two and Three. Well, I'd like to play them difference. all on one thing. Yeah. No, I'm sure there isn't, but I just didn't want to start it again on a different system because mm. I'm Sony the end. So yeah, it's all good. Well, marvelous. Well done on those uh, fantastic pickups, Matthew. Thank you. I accomplished things by spending money. Yay! <laughs> I bought a couple of games recently. Um, this was a while back now, but Street Smart, and you you turn me on to this. Street yeah. Smart's a uh, one-on-one fighting game for the Mega Drive. It's an import Mega Drive game. It was also released in the US, but I'm not sure about the, the Europe actually. Yeah. 
so what's interesting about Street Smart is that you you gamble on the fight. You take bets on if you're going to win or lose at the beginning. You oh, gamble really? money and yeah, you can even bet against yourself. <laughs> and throw the fight. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and you also uh, gain experience as you fight, and then you can choose how to level up your skills. Although the combat itself, I don't know if I'm missing something. There just seems to be one button for punching, and you can jump and then punch, and then I'm I'm definitely missing something here. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to be any like traditional. Um, Command inputs like quarter circles and such to, yeah. with a button to do any sort of special attacks. Um, yeah, I've got to be missing something or this is an incredibly simplistic fighting game. <laughs> I think it might just be an incredibly simplistic fighting game, if I'm being <laughs> honest. It's unique, I think, in some of the things it chooses to do in terms of the levelling up and the, the, the betting, the gambling aspect of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it looks all right. It's very zoomed out. Character sprites quite small. Backgrounds are nice. Uh, you sort of move in and out of the background like you would in a side-scrolling beat 'em up. You're oh, not okay. on a fixed plane. Yeah. Yeah. But That's what 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 that brings to the gameplay isn't doesn't seem to be much. But... No, it's just cool. <laughs> it just yeah. looks impressive. You could kind of do like, a, I think you could do like a, a jump away. I think that's one of the moves you can do, like a big jump backwards. Yeah. Uh, so so you can dodge your opponents. It's probably a more strategic, simple fighting game than the like fast dive kick. <laughs> like dive kick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty good, and I'm happy to have added it to the collection. I'd I love to sing the pro- friend and listen to the Ali? podcast, uh, the Retro Hunter Ali. So. Absolutely, yes. Uh, fantastic service as usual. Yeah, very good. And um, Grid for the Switch. Now it's only available digitally, yeah. but I really wanted a proper racing game on the Switch. And and Grid came down ten. It's still twenty quid digital. Right. Uh, but it had been thirty for the longest time. It's sitting in my uh, watch list. So as soon as it went down to twenty or twenty one, I forget. Um, I, I immediately picked that up. It's about 7 gig big, just to let you know, and your file size yeah. and you switch. A very good-looking game. I thought it might be bigger because of obviously how good it looked. Uh, you can yeah. choose to download additional textures for the cars. Okay. I think it's referring to the insides of the cars because if you do take yeah. that view, they do look a bit bare inside. Okay. So at least you have that option uh, for space. I imagine that makes the file size of the game a lot bigger. Anyway, it plays yeah. really well. It seems to have been really um, finely tuned for Switch. It's not something they just quickly ported over. It feels like it was made for the Switch. Oh, that's cool. And it's got split-screen multiplayer. It's, for my money, it might be the, the best driving game you can buy on the on the Switch. It's, there's no physical edition, but it doesn't okay. really bother me too much. High um, praise, though, Tom Parry. Absolutely great game, and I'd recommend it. Uh, another driving game, Super Runabout for the Dreamcast. Have you seen this game before? I've not seen Super Runabout. It sounds fun. I like the name. Developed by Climax, which I assume must be a Japanese developer because it's very Japanese in its um, presentation. It's a wacky oh. arcade-style game where you do little jobs around the city. It's like... Cities based on San Francisco, I think. Uh, like right. uh, Crazy Taxi. It's very reminiscent of Crazy Taxi. Um, because you have Climax to go from... is actually British. Is Climax British? 
Yes, they Maybe are. I've made um, a mistake. Did they definitely make Super Runabout? I will double check for you. I'm going to check it out. Oh, it's on the 3DS as well. Not Super really. Runabout 3D. I didn't know that. Climax Entertainment developed the game. Um, Runabout series... Released uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, Dreamcast. Uh, the main mission consists of player driving from point A to point B to pick up or deliver items. There's right. one mission where you have to make a hot dog. So you have to go and get your lettuce from one space and get your bun from another space. And you have to yeah. collect all the ingredients as you drive around the city. And it's, it's very... Although made in Japan, all games in the series feature mostly English text and dialogue regardless of region. Okay, because there is climax... So this sounds like this is Climax Entertainment. There is yeah another studio called what's the other Climax called then? Because like uh, Climax Studios are the people who made like Silent Hill Shattered Memories and okay. or- Silent Hill Origins. They this made a lot of Game Boy stuff. That's how I know the name. The same name. So interesting. So so Climax uh, Entertainment did Shining in the Darkness with Camelot for the Mega Drive and. Yeah. Some of the shining games. Landstalkers. That's why I know Land, the name. Landstalker, Lady Stalker, uh, Dark Savior, Time Stalkers, Virtual Athlete, ah. Dinosaur King. I don't know Dinosaur King. Dinosaur oh, King that... is the it's... card game with. Ah. Uh, it's me. It's published by Sega, actually. I think it's an okay. arcade game where you have cards and they interact with the machines. Okay. It's like it a trading was... card game. Ah. It's good, though. I, I, I like it. Um, handling took a little bit getting used to, but, you know, it's arcadey and fun yeah, yeah. and colourful and very Japanese. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, I'd uh, recommend it if you like. It's To me, it's a quintessential Dreamcast game. It's an arcade-style, fun, colourful, sunny <laughs> game. That's cool. Yeah. That's nice in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mentioned previously Ninja Saviors, which is the reboot of... Uh, it's it's all in pixel graphics, and um, it's pretty nice. You've got several different ninjas with different abilities. It took me a while to get used to how you play it, because um, it's very basic at first until you start learning how to use the individual abilities of ninjas. They usually involve double-tapping a direction and pressing a button... Or this and that, yeah. jumping up in the air, then doing pressing another button combination. But once you start to learn all the different moves, then the game becomes a lot more exciting and a little bit easier as well. Okay. Um, I'd say that's very good. I got it for ten pounds, uh, physical copy, as I said before, and uh, money well spent. Spent, I think. Cool. Now, Matthew, I have to ask you what your opinion of Earthworm Jim is. Groovy. <laughs> g- 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 groovy, groovy. That was the is my best opinion. thing you best thing you could have said. I've been playing Earthworm Jim HD. I turned my PS3 on for the first time in a while and remembered I had it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Earthworm Jim yeah. HD." So this is a remake, essentially, of Earthworm Jim. Um, everything's sort of been redone. Uh, it's all widescreen. Um, you can save after levels it's sort of like uh, chapters so you can choose yeah. what level you want to play and it always saves when you complete a level which i think is really good it also gives yes, you little hints every now game. and 
yeah, it hints every now and again how to beat bosses and things. Because okay. Earthworm Jim is a game, I think, it benefits from being played numerous times to yes. understand yeah, yeah. how to best tackle the level. Because it's not always immediately obvious what you have to do sometimes. No. Because it's so full of inventive ideas, but it doesn't really introduce them in a very user-friendly way. Well, it just gives you like a bit of text on the screen, right? Kind yeah. of WarioWare style. It kind of tells you, like, drop the cow. And Hint. Like, what yes. does that mean? Do, do this. And I actually think Earth and Jim HD is an improvement over the original. I think okay. that's controversial because none of the original team were involved with it. Yeah. Uh, Gameloft, I think, handled this. They, they began with a mobile port and a DSi port of the game and right. then eventually made Earthworm Jim HD, which is because the deal with Gameloft ended, they're no longer available uh, to download anymore. Okay. But I think a lot of people would probably say the Mega CD version was the best, Earthworm Jim Special Edition, because it added a level, and um, it just was overall better in terms of like the music and the sound effects and everything. But uh, this, I think, is a great way to play Earthworm Jim. Uh, for me, it's it's probably the best way to play it. There's also multiplayer. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I was about to say. I remember that coming out and there being multiplayer. How is that? I don't know. Because I haven't got anyone to play it with. No, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty certain you can play offline, but I think it was an, also an online multiplayer game. And they made special levels specifically for that. They also made extra single-player levels as well, which I haven't tried yet, because I'm at the very end of the game, and it's quite hard. You're kind of falling down a spiked... um, What would you call it? Chasm. Right. And it's very difficult to uh, get through it without bouncing off the walls and killing yourself as you go down. You've got to be very precise... In it, which is Earthworm right. Jim down to a T. You have to be quite precise in places. Yeah, otherwise you just die horribly. Yeah, it's a game you actually have to think about how you're going to negotiate the level as opposed to just running through it. So me, someone who plays Sonic the Hedgehog quite often, I'm used to kind of running through levels. Whereas yeah, Earthworm yeah. Jim, there's no way you can do that because you have to. It's no. a slower game where you just have to learn how to get through it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've. Got a certain fun. I initially for just for the character version, Jim, the general quirkiness of the game, the humor, yeah, all that attracted me before the actual gameplay. But yeah. I, have, I have a great appreciation for it now, even though I think when Earthworm Jim HD came out, a lot of people were saying that, yeah, the gameplay sort of shows its age now. Yeah, and it it does, but it is. It is still quite unique and as frustrating as it can be sometimes. Once you understand the game and you learn it, it it's a it's a fun experience to, to go back to, I think. Is the second one any good? Yeah, the second one's good. It's more of the same with, with some added uh, mechanics to the game. Of course, you have snot in your backpack on the second one. So you use that sort of yeah, swing yeah. across areas where there's slime. And yeah, just some weird things. There's some sort of mini-game type parts to, to it. Um, I haven't played Earth and Jim 2 for quite a while, but yeah, if you like the first one, you, you'll enjoy the second. They're, they're pretty much on par, if I remember correctly. Okay. I never played it. Um, I have uh, Menace to the Universe, which is the... Oh, the dear, port, yeah. I've the seen The second this. one for the Game Boy Color that's not very good. Which um, is just like... It doesn't seem very Earth and Jim to me, does it? 
No, it just seems like a generic platformer starring Earthworm Jim. The developer got the uh, license and whacked Earthworm Jim in in what looks like quite a very basic. So you have to search levels for items to pick up, don't you? I think. I think so. From what I remember, it's been a while. I just remember putting it in my Game Boy and going, ooh, this isn't very good. Um, I'll have a look into it. Terrible music as well, if I remember. Oh, the music on is god awful. Yeah, that's the one thing I do remember is that the. From what I remember, the palette is awful as well. It's very garish colours yeah, and very okay. annoying, chirpy music, but I'll see. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things, other things I've played, but I'll, I'll leave it there, I think, for this time. Fair enough. Um, I, I just want to kind of tie a, a knot in the idea mm. of... I've been buying a lot of Master System games, Tom Parry. Um, really? Yeah. I, I, kind of, I kind of bought one or two... Um, and then that led to me buying a few more after people were like, oh, well, if you like that, you should buy this. And I I think I am at the point now where I'm like, okay, I'm good for Master System games for a while. I've You'd purchased... like to say you are. I'm sure more will come out of the woodwork. Like I posted on Twitter the other day, some of the pi- titles I picked up. Like I, I got, in the first bundle, I got like Sagaya, uh, which is Darius. I got um, Fantasy Zone 2. I picked up... Oh god! I, see, this is the thing. I've you got Wonder so Boy, many... yeah. I mean, I have Wonder Boy three in the Dragon Strap. I don't have oh, right. in, Monster uh, World, Monster Land, Monster um, Land yeah. and Monster World, and the original. Yeah, I do have the original Wonder Boy. Oh, you do. Okay. I've got that one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I picked up Submarine Attack. Uh, I picked up Xenon uh, Two, which is a game I played on the Game Boy. Never thought anything of. Played it on the Master System and thought. Wow, this is actually a really good game. And what is I need it? to actually it's a it's a shmup. Um mm. it's a British developed shmup by the Bitmap Brothers. It's it's really good. Oh, I, I know a... it now. Was it is it more well known as an Amiga game? Yes, it is. Yes, okay, I do know it. It's yeah. Bitmap Brothers, man, like yeah, yeah, yeah. on Amiga. But yeah, it's incredible. And from what I understand, it's even better than the port on the Mega Drive. So I enjoyed that. I played Submarine Attack, which is a shmup I've never heard of, never heard anyone say. And are you underwater in submarines? You are, yeah. Wow. It's really good. I was like, wow, this game cost me nothing. And this is that is like, than... uh, what's the one on the PlayStation? In the Hunt, was it? Is it's a... not Hunt for Red October. No, In the Hunt. It... Do you remember that? On the PlayStation. No, it's like, um, a bit like Metal Slug, but underwater in a submarine. No. It's about a rare good. one game. Okay. Haven't heard of that. That sounds good. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I've played all of those, and those are all really good. Um. And then I bought, and they literally arrived. You saw me open them. I got a copy of Scramble Spirits, which I've heard is really good. Picked up Fantasy Star for obvious reasons, and I picked up the Port of R Type, which I also hear is excellent. Mm, yeah. It is. It is a good way to play R Type. Yeah. The Master System. Who knew? <laughs> I did. I know you did, and like I talked, I talked to that good friend Matteo um, yeah. about this, uh, and he was just like, "Yeah, man, this is my childhood. This console's amazing." And I was yeah, like, "Got oh, better okay. graphics in the NES, yeah, not better music though, generally speaking." I I'm heard sure... that some things aren't as good. Uh, the port of Alien Syndrome isn't as good as the uh, Tengen NES version. I hear. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, I'm sure if I had a Mark III i.e. the Japanese mass system, yeah. and I plugged the cart in on the converter you can get from that, apparently you get FM sound, 
So oh, yeah, okay. I started started eyeing up Mark threes. Oh, um, well, that's a cool looking console, isn't it? White, white, oh, isn't it? The it looks Mark slick. Yeah. yeah. The PS five eat your heart out. Mark <laughs> yeah. Is what I want. Sega Mark three. That's where it's at. Yeah. yeah, I mentioned to someone I knew, uh, my good friend uh, Tom, who works in uh, Super Tomato in Cardiff, uh, video game shop, excellent, I recommend it, if you're in Wales, go check it out. Uh, I was talking to him about Master System controllers and how hard it seems to get a good Master System controller, he's like, well, if you want to be a hipster, you can buy a Mark III controller, I was like, yeah, if I'm going to be a hipster, I'm going to buy a Mark III. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it, that was the beginning, wasn't it? Of it was. Of Sega's yeah. console, so Mark III is a very important... Um games console really i just i don't get what all of us is about with the mega drive because i think most things i've played on the mega drive better on the super nintendo master uh, system ooh, earthworm jim maybe not probably i mean depends what right, was developed because uh, earthworm jim was developed for the mega drive and ported to super nintendo yeah um and it's not like super nintendo is a bad port but i think you can just tell it was it was designed for the mega drive i think yeah 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 there's a few cutbacks in the super nintendo yeah. Oh, level, I think, is quite out. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, like, I'm I'm pretty happy with the mass system. I think I've got most of the things I want now. I actually had my my sister-in-law's boyfriend go and grab a copy of Bomber Raid and Space Harrier for me. Mm-hmm. And then, to be fair, I think I might be done with Master System stuff. I want to pick up Ease at some point, just because it's on there. I might pick up Golden Axe Warrior if I ever see it cheap. Other than that, I think I'm pretty good on Master System games. You've got Choplifter, so yeah. I do have Choplifter. Um, I know there are a couple more shmups, and maybe I'll I'll look at them, but to be honest, they didn't seem as good or as polished as like... You haven't got Master of Darkness. I don't have Master of Darkness. I don't have... Oh, there's another JRPG that looks slightly Zelda. Gavellius. Yeah, that looks yeah. good. Yeah, if I see is. that, I'll pick it up. But I'm not going to go out of my way to get it. Nice box art on that as well. Very painterly. Quite yes. Cool looking Quite thing. funky looking. Yeah. But you don't like the Mega Drive. I don't like the Mega Drive, Tom. Why I don't you like conclusion. the Mega Drive? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Because so, the Super Nintendo was your 16-bit console. No, but I mean, like, the NES was my was my 8-bit console, and okay. I'm here going, like, shit, why didn't I have a Master System? <laughs> like, honestly, like, yeah, there are great games on the NES, but, like, pound for pound, I think I've picked up more stuff on the Master System, and even, like, generic, janky stuff seems to be really good on the Master System. I haven't I haven't had time to oh, get into, like, Cybershell. That's quite it. obvious. More powerful than the NES. I like I said, I haven't given the time of day to some of those early pickups like Cyber Shinobi and the the one you were describing as Castlevania but with samurais. But Ken Sidon. Yeah, Ken Sidon. But like the schmaps are amazing. The schmaps are really good. And mm. Power Strike 2, oh boy, like I told you, go play that on an emulator. Oh like, yes, that, yes. Well, that, that game is something to behold. That game is amazing. That game, that game shouldn't run on that console. That game is like Super yeah. Nintendo quality on a Master System. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So when you get into a Master System, I think I when I go for my retro kicks, I I, I do gravitate towards the Mega Drive as of late, uh, rather than the Super Nintendo versions of games. I I think it's because as a kid, I always wanted a Mega Drive. 
I mean, um, I, could, I had one as a kid. Like, I yeah. admittedly later than the Super Nintendo, but, like, even some of the best games that people, like, say, wow, this is the best thing, like, fucking uh, Mega Turrican just did nothing for me. Like, mm. don't get me wrong, there's some solid platformers. I, I still regret to this day selling you that copy of High Seas Havoc because I think that was actually a quite a good game. <laughs> but... You know, like... That's great. Everything... I've been playing the Smurfs on the Mega Drive lately. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's hard. Just getting out of the, the village at the start. It's a death trap. Everyone's trying to kill you. Just a little it's Smurf, you know, pouring water out of their window or, like, um, mowing the lawn. Um, all a death trap. It's so hard just to get out of the village at the beginning. <laughs> I just... I Honestly, like, I think Mega Drive games for me are either generally really difficult... The sound doesn't sound anywhere as good as the Super Nintendo for me. I know that's that's a an aesthetic thing. Like I know a lot of people will say, mm. "Hey, Streets of Rage two soundtrack, very good." I would agree, but pound for pound, I don't think there are as many good soundtracks on the Mega Drive. But I just I don't know. Visually, of course, the Super Nintendo could push out more colours. Yeah, it could. I think yeah. the games look nicer on the Super Nintendo. I think, honestly, I. There are there are much better JRPGs, and that's where my love sits. I think the Steel <coughs> Empire is a great game for the Mega Drive, but like pound for pound, I'll take like Axley or any of the other shmups on the on the Super Nintendo as well. Like for my tastes, I'm not a big shmupper. No, I myself, to be fair, like, and that's the to... reason why I'm not interested in the PC Engine Mini. Yeah, I <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, hot damn, it's just got all the good shmups on it. Maybe I'll pick one of them up. Yeah, because it's that... now available in the UK. It's just, just recently come yeah. out. It was meant to come out, I think, back in March and then everything yeah. happened. God, PC engines have become expensive as well. So, well, I picked up Might as box well PC... get the, um, the Mini. I bought that box PC engine in Japan yeah. for like a tenner? Well, over in Japan, I... they, they're they not rare are they no but i I saw someone i saw someone selling a japanese one the other day on a facebook group for 200 quid and people bought it like or maybe releasing the minis created some sort of buzz around it potentially who knows maybe it's just because it's boxed also i don't know but like but i think if you're going to consider getting one maybe the mini would be the the better option right now in terms of some of the games and the prices of the games to buy physically yeah compared to if I start exploring that area, to be honest with you, like I have, I had a master system, which is why I started buying games because they seemed relatively cheap. Mm. I think if I did go down that Turbo Graphics route, and to be honest with you, I'm probably going to go down that route with a lot of stuff. As we've talked about, I want to get away from physical things. I'm, I'm probably going to look into getting a Mister. If you've seen a those. what now? A no. Mister. Um, it, it, it's essentially someone looked at the success that the Raspberry Pi was having as a piece of emulation thing and said, yeah. yeah, this is good. You can load games onto it, but there's lag. And so essentially someone has made a PCB that is very similar to the Raspberry Pi, very easy to operate. Yeah. But they have spent the time accurately emulating the systems for it. So there's no lag. Okay. There's no slowdown or anything. And it has all of that wonderful good stuff you get in an emulator, but because it's an actual piece of hardware that's made to run games, mm. it seems like it's okay. perfect emulation for Super Nintendo and Mass System and a lot of the older Well, consoles. that's the hard thing to come by, perfect emulation. Yeah, so 
they're they're taking the same love and care that analog are doing with their physical things uh, right. and then making that into a digital only thing i mean of course who's to say tom that i didn't back up all of my games uh from my cartridges legally but yeah that, that's the only gray area i guess is how you feel about roms hmm. but hmm. for me for consoles like the pc engine that i'm never going to go into that library and figure out what's worth spending a hundred quid on a hu card for yeah, I'll probably just get a Mister because a Mister is about a hundred quid. I don't know. Hmm. I I've been thinking more and more about it. Yeah, but yeah, the ma- I think I will slowly start to sell off my PS One stuff because I'm just looking at it and it's taking up a lot of space, especially as I've now got this Master System things and gone okay. When you say sell it off, certain games you're going to keep i imagine i'm gonna i'm gonna keep all my jrpgs like they ain't going anywhere but like anything i've picked up like curiosity like uh trap runner phoenix or games all the phoenix games kudelka in a pile kudelka's not kudelka's an rpg and it's also set in wales i ain't going anywhere but you know like uh, some of the racing games i picked up some of the the more weird Japanese stuff, unless it holds a certain level of affinity with me, I'm probably going to get rid of, yeah, like, yeah. Vib Ribbon and Parappara going nowhere, even though I can't really play them, but, like, anything else, I think, that isn't a JRPG is probably on the table. Some of my some of my uh, survival horrors and stuff will stay, like, I don't think I'll get rid of the note or anything like that, but let's see. Mm. Okay. Interesting, Matthew. Yeah, let's see. Right, yeah, I think we've we've covered all the uh, all covered the all the bases. Bits, the bases, <laughs> all our yes. bases are covered. That's it. All our bases are being covered, and now yeah. they belong to you, the listener. Oh, how romantic and mm. referential! What is the name of that game? Zero Wing. I've never actually played it. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> It's a Mega Drive game. It doesn't matter. Answers on a postcard. If oh. you'd like to tell us what that game is called, uh, you can tell us on uh, Twitter at TMA. All your bases or... belong to, to us. us. While Tom Parry's looking that up, I'm going to visit this. Uh, it's called Zero it's Wing. On... I thought it it's was. It's a port of a game called Zero... Zero Wing. Yeah, I was right. There we go. Well done. Yay. You're right. Knowledge. Um, all your base if... belong to us. All your base belong to us. All your knowledge, Tom Parry, belong to me. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yes. Social media, Twitter, TMA cast, Facebook, facebook.com slash Tom and Matt attack. <laughs> Listen to it on <laughs> iTunes. Give us a cheeky rate and subscribe. Stitcher, blastprocess.com. Tom, what are you working on right now? I'm going to be, well, by the time I listen to this, I'll already have streamed um, Pong Quest. So you can check that out on uh, the Blast Process YouTube channel. Uh, over on Twitter, Toodlebug500, you can watch me st- play uh, Disneyland Adventures, Xbox One Connect. I cool. think that made quite an interesting stream. Sadly, no one watched at the time, but uh, you can enjoy it in retrospect over at Toodlebug500 on Twitch. Cool, blimey. And uh, today, the day we're recording this, is actually the sixth anniversary of Biographic. So mm. I will have Momentous. a little State of the Union thing as i always do on the channel by the time you listen to this so go give that a watch if you're interested at game boil yeah okay tom parry a pleasure as always i will oh, speak to you in two weeks time because i i will be on my jollies um so yeah um yeah i'll get playing some games yeah 
who knows what the world will look like by the time we podcast again, Tom. Maybe we'll who know knows? the price of a console. Maybe we'll see some Xbox oh, yeah. uh, Series X games. Maybe, Matt. Maybe we'll get to our homeland. Exactly. Let's we'll sail see. that raft all the way home. Yeah. Like, everybody out there, take care of yourselves. Support people who need support and just do everything you can to make the world a better place because I think that's what we need right now. Until then, though, be sure, as always, to game on. (laughs) Game on.